This is Connor McCabe, host of the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this wonderful episode today with Teo Yang on the return of the Obra Din. But before we get started, I'm going to give you a few action items um, with the goal of supporting black lives. Uh, so the first one today is one we've been talking about a lot recently, which is the supporting black lives email list. Now, um, we'll have a link in the show notes, but this is something that my friend Paula V. Ganalan put together. And this is a huge compilation list of important news action items to take, uh, whether it's, you know, signing petitions or spreading, uh, education, uh, as well as places to donate to help out those who need it. Um, there is also the second thing on the list is the fundraiser that we're promoting, which is the Okra Project, which helps bring black trans people healthy, nutritious, and culturally specific meals, especially those featuring, excuse me, experiencing food insecurity. Um, you know, black trans people are as, uh, you know, persecuted as anybody in this world and they could really use our help. So why not, uh, donate to them and help, you know, provide uh, meals that are perfect for them. So the third thing is that even though we have an imperfect voter system, uh, you know, due to gerrymandering, closing of polling places, the the shit that's going on with the USPS, it's still important to register to vote. So if you're a listener of mine in the United States and you haven't done that, it's very easy. I've got a link to vote, vote.org's website and there takes about two minutes to register to vote. Um, heck, if you have trouble, reach out to me and I'd be happy to help you out. But voting super important and voting for um, progressive uh, policies is important as well. So thank you so much for listening. Please consider addressing all of these action items. And if you've already done so, thank you so much. Uh, now, again, please enjoy this wonderful episode with Teo Yang. We'll see you on the next one. Welcome to Call Me By Your Game. Uh, this show is a podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, talk to someone about a video game that is special to them and why. Uh, we'll sit down with our guests and we'll talk not only about what they love about the particular game, but also what made uh, it special when they played it. Like, what was the context and how is that interesting? Um, so that's the show. Uh, for a little housekeeping up top, you can learn more about this particular show at callmebyyourgame.com. You can email us with any questions, anything you maybe love about the game we're sharing, or uh, literally anything. Would love an email at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. And there's a few ways you can support the show too. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That helps our visibility. Um, you can share the show with a friend who either loves the game we're talking about today, loves video games in general. Uh, word of mouth goes a long way. And then uh, you can also check out our Patreon. Um, if you've been listening recently, you know that we decided to just make this into a little network. So we've got our uh, little video game podcast network, Super NPC Radio. You've got this show, Video Games, a comedy show, Inside, game, inside Video Games with 
Jill ideas and way more stuff. We've, and we've got a ton of bonus content for you. So check us out at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Um, but now let's transition to what has become affectionately known as the best part of the show where I introduce our guest. Please welcome a sketch writer, improviser, and former New York City boy living in Los Angeles, Teo Yang. Yes, that's right. Hello. Hello, everyone. I have a new former New York City boy. Yeah, now now you're now I guess you're not a city boy, but you live in LA. Uh, I guess I guess this 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 LA like West Hollywood count as a city. Yeah, I think it oh. does. In fact, I feel like West Hollywood, like in some ways, are like their own city. I feel like I've seen that. They are their own city, and I'm right on the border. A street away from me is LA, and then a street I'm on is West Hollywood. Wow, and you know, it makes the world feel small. Um, Teo, thank you so much for sitting down and doing the show with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Connor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we know each other um, through the through the LA improv community. If you're in New York, you may have known Teo there as well. As I said, Teo is also a sketch writer, um, but we were on the mm-hmm. same team back when we, you know, could perform in front of other people with, yes. with, you know, show favorite PJ McCormick. So PJ, Teo and I were on the same Herald team, you know. Yes, the, the bad boys of Jet Set. As we <laughs> were referred to. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe and Ben are left out of that. Yes, they um, are. They're I good. I love it. Um, yeah, they're good boys. Um, so, Teo, before we talk about the game uh, today that you wanted to share, we'll talk about your history with video games. And just so the guest knows, the game we're talking yes. about today is Return of the Obra Dinn. Um, yes. So, Probably you know, the most modern game out of any of your guests, right? I think like everyone's kind of like a game that's at least like 10 years old if not close to it right exactly yeah this i would say for the most part this is in fact i'm almost sure this is the newest game because this game came out in 2018 most of them are like you said are retro games games from our childhood um we actually just did a did you play breath of the wild tale yeah oh yeah so we just recorded so for part of the Patreon is that my show is going to be doing like a monthly sort of like roundtable style discussion on iconic games. And so the okay. first one we recorded was Breath of the Wild. So Oh, interesting. I like yeah. that. And it's like two and a half hours. It's uh, coming out next week. But anyway, it's that was probably the most recent one until this. Um, so thanks for bringing us to the modern age. It means a lot. You're welcome. I mean, yeah, I guess uh, Breath of the Wild came out. Wait, is it? Before 2018? It or? was 2017. So just. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, but I remember 2017 waiting. is like the Dark Ages and now 2018 up modern times. Modern, so modern times, yes. It's a very, <laughs> it's, it's an immediate line. <laughs> it is, with no distinct reason for why the line's there, but it is. Yeah. Um, so again, before we dive into stuff about the return of the Obra Dinn, uh, yeah. let's talk. I want to hear about your history with video games. Oh, like I said earlier, Teo, share as much or as little as you want, but I guess. The first question is, when did you start playing games? Do you do you remember getting a console for the first time? How'd that yeah. go? Yeah, wouldn't it be it would be insane if like I just started playing video games in 2018 and the first game I ever played was Return of the Overdin. <laughs> like it would be <laughs> that would be a total mindfuck. Um, <laughs> uh, but I started playing games uh, when I was like four. I want to say four years old, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So my first memory of playing video games is my brother taught me how to do it, like a Hadouken in Street Fighter Two. Oh, a coming of age moment. Uh, coming of age moment, yeah. <laughs> uh, and 
yeah, we had like, I had like a Super Nintendo. Um, and then this was, I think I've brought, I've talked to you guys about this before. Um, perhaps even on stage at some point where I had um, <laughs> the doctor machine. Yes. With the Super Nintendo. And this was like a, a, a little, like a blob that sat on top of the Super Nintendo. And what you could do is actually put, it had both in like a cartridge slot because it took it like inserted into the Super Nintendo cartridge slot. And then it had its own cartridge slot, which you would put in Super Nintendo games. But in the front of it, you could also put in floppy disks. Oh. And so the entire point of the machine is that you put in a Super Nintendo game, and then you put in a floppy disk. This is how old it is. And then <laughs> copy the game onto the floppy disk. Oh. And then you didn't, need, you didn't need the cartridge anymore, and you could just play off of a floppy disk. On your computer or something? No, on the Super Nintendo. Oh. Uh, amazing and so i mean this is an illegal thing that i did it was go to this <laughs> blockbuster and rent games and then go and then copy them and then you know return them eventually wow and so i had this like old like i had this box this box where you store floppy disks and they were just full of games and, and like donkey kong would take like three floppy disks and stuff like that <laughs> like it's um but yeah that was like my first video game uh, first set of video game memories. I feel like you appropriately nicknamed yourself a bad boy today. Not, not only that, dude, you're a mastermind. Oh, a little mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I honestly have, I, and I think this really is part of why I chose Return of the Oprah Din. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a little bit of an exaggeration and a hyperbole, but I think I have played every single game ever. <laughs> <laughs> I really haven't, but I think I've played every single, like there's no game experience that I'm like, oh, this is brand new and I've never felt this before. Even games I actually haven't played, if I were to play them, I'd go, oh, this is just like this type of yes. game. Um, so nothing is like new and like novel to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like name name a game you, you don't think I would have played, Connor. Like I probably know about it and I probably like know what the core gameplay loop is is like okay uh let me i want to try to keep think of a couple have you played here's a random game uh detroit become human yes i i, I played that i have it on my ps4 i got like uh <laughs> like three hours into that game and then i kind of stopped it's uh like a david cage quantic dream kind yes. of adventure game um i've played that have you have you played Her- fahrenheit is that another game that he did he did yeah it was like probably like the first game that was like that followed that kind of blueprint where okay. it's like very much like a narrative uh film-like and like you make a bunch of like choices and stuff yes um that game was really cool in the beginning and then it really petered out uh in the, oh. like the third act from like a, a like a story perspective it's a game that like uh peters out in the third act it has a real bad third act that's a shame that's how i f- another game i finished recently that that, that kind of reminded me of the story, what happens in the story is uh, Bioshock. I played it for the first time recently. Have you done that one? I played Bioshock. I played, I think I played, I played all of the Bioshocks. Dang. You know, truly, I realized that like, I know I love video games, but I, my experience is so limited. Yes. Like it's, yes. you're not the first person. I feel like at least half our guests have played more video games than I have. Sure. Truly, throw any game at me, and I like probably know it. <laughs> like, oh, like, I, we even talked about. I think you know the one time we were able to like hang out at my apartment this entire year before COVID yes. and everything. 
we were talking about Super Mario, or excuse me, Paper or Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you had played that one, I'm pretty sure. I've played the Super Nintendo one, and I haven't played most of them, like in the Paper Mario series. But again, I know, I probably know what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> same thing to say. I probably, I know what it feels like to play like the Paper Mario games. Yeah. No, you're nothing. It's not lost on you. You're, you're there it's for it. Well, it, that's awesome. Well, so since you've had such like a wide array of video game experiences, besides Return of the Obra Dinn, are there any in the last, let's say, since you're, you're, you've modernized the show, Tail, let's stick with that. Yes. Any okay. other games in the recent memory or last few years that like you've really enjoyed playing for like the experience sure. or the game? Yeah, I just, I mean, I just beat The Last of Us Part Two, uh, which was great. I really liked it. Um, it's, it's a little weird that it's almost like controversial to say that, but I, I really like the game. I've, I'm truly, every person I've talked to, word of mouth, has said mm-hmm. the exact same thing. It's not a game I've played because I've not been wanting to, you know, play a post-apocalyptic game right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, totally. But, like, I'm, for example, I'm playing Spyro the Dragon is the game I'm playing. Yeah, you did tell me you were playing uh, A Bug's Life, so I think yeah. I know the kind of aesthetic <laughs> and tone you're going for right now. Yes, you know, uh, childhood, uh, nostalgia, yeah. forget mm-hmm. about the world. Um uh, that's really cool. Uh, but I mean, I would say the controversy I've heard about it is literally from the internet and it's people saying some people don't like it. It's not even the people I'm hearing that are not saying totally. they don't like it. Well, um, it. There are legitimate criticisms that we don't have to get into of the game itself. I'm not saying it's a perfect game by any means, but it is like, uh, it's the same as like Star Wars mm-hmm. where, um, oh, I want to... Uh, you know, talk about like some of the negative like plot points and stuff and like the overall, like I didn't really enjoy Star Wars, but then you try to like find people talking about it and like people who don't like Star Wars are like hating it for reasons where you're like, oh, I don't, I don't dislike it for that. Like, yeah, very problematic reason. Yeah. Like people being like mad at like the, what was it? The Last Jedi for the choices, some of the choices made, which I loved The Last Jedi. The most recent one I was like, well, but oh yeah, I like the last Jedi too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you just played the Last of Us two. Last part two. Um, and more. Let's see. Uh, oh, okay. This is this isn't 2018 plus new, but a game that I the last game that I really I remember really like getting um, sucked into was this game Factorio. 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 It's on PC. Um, it it's it's not that it couldn't run on consoles, but I don't think you could ever play this game with a controller like it's, it's a game where you literally just like build factories and like mine coal and then you once you you mine coal manually for a while and then you upgrade to get like uh you build a little machine that mines coal for you and then suddenly the machine like spits out the coal but where you're gonna put the coal you have to like build a uh, little uh, little like assembly lines to transport the coal down into your factory and it just scales and scales where you just have this entire map filled out with like uh like assembly lines and then like little arms that are picking stuff up and putting them somewhere else uh that's so cool that's like i don't think i've played a game that sort of functions in that way since maybe like like games like that on the computer growing up mm -hmm. um that sounds really interesting so it sort of has like a bunch of systems that you have to like learn how to work in conjunction with each other yeah exactly yeah you have to like 
because you have to figure out like, okay, I'm currently like able to mine out like 10,000 coal at, the, at, at once. And then in order to make like these uh, like uh, machine parts, because like the ultimate goal of the game is to build like a rocket and that requires a lot of different parts. And you're like, oh, okay, I have 10,000 coal right now. That's enough to build like this many um, machine parts. But in order to do that, I need like 50,000 like steel plates. Okay. In order to get steel plates, I have to, mine iron but my currently my iron output isn't like high enough to fully maximize my coal output it's like stuff like that it's it's uh, a real a real uh mind-boggling game that's really interesting now are you when you play this game are are you like playing one level at a time and you have all these goals you have to figure out like just on the grid that you have or is it like if you're mining for iron, then you can stop and go to your area where you're doing like using that iron or how does that work? It's, it's not level based. It's like you just have a giant map. Okay. And you just go. And even the, uh, building the rocket part is, is like a goal they give you, but it's not like you have to hit it. You know, mm. there's, it's like very loose. Um, the mining, uh, creating the rocket is just like something to give you something to do, but you could do okay. truly whatever you want. And at the same time, there are like little, uh, aliens that are on the planet. Uh, they're constantly attacking you and you have to build like walls you have to build uh guns you have to build like giant gun turrets that you can then put so you can build like train tracks in the game and uh you can also use trains to automate like the movement of your uh of your resources from one place to another so you like have one area that's like where i mine all my iron and then i have a train that transports it to my like um, steel plate building area okay. and it's all automated and at the same time you can put like a big giant turret on the train so it's defending it from oh that's cool aliens. it's an insane game that's so cool so so it's just like you start on the one map and you're constantly adjusting your your systems on this map yes constantly. okay that is very cool uh i have to check this out you said it was factoid factorio factorio mm-hmm. okay very cool. Um, well, you sold me on that. So, there's the occasional time. I'll, I'll tell you, it doesn't happen every time, but someone co- comes on the show and will sell me on another game <laughs> that we're not even talking about. Oh my God, so, it's... And you know, said on the PC, right? Do you play it on, from Steam? Steam, yeah. And do you have... So since we're kind of catching up, tell me the consoles you have. I know pretty uh, much, but I want the audience to know. You want, do you want like a full history? Of, uh, I, I think I can give you a full history of my consoles. Oh, let, let's just do it if we're going to. Okay, yeah. okay, so I had a Super Nintendo, and then I was uh, Nintendo 64, and then uh, I had a Dreamcast. Ooh, a cultured Dreamcast, man. A cultured, <laughs> a very cultured, <laughs> fancy man. Uh, I'm part of the elite class that owned, owned a Dreamcast. <laughs> Um, and then you were saying I'm talking about PlayStation. For Dreamcast, there was this like disc you could bl- uh, you could buy called Bleem, and hmm. I don't know what like the way it was supposedly worked was that you could if you buy Bleem, you put it into your Dreamcast, and then it like turns on this program, and you take out the Bleem disc, and you can play. Supposedly, you can play any PlayStation game on your Dreamcast. Whoa! Um, yeah, I'm they, gonna have to like make some notes and like. Check this out too. It's insane. It, um, I I think like, like some games were like less compatible than others. Yeah. It's basically like was an emulator but built on the Dreamcast. Amazing. Um, okay, so I had the Dreamcast, and then I had the original Xbox. Ooh. 
uh, with an Xbox controller, the like original big giant the, Xbox the Duke. The Duke. <laughs> the Duke. Uh, and then I had a PS3, PS4, and I've had like a gaming PC for forever. Nice. I've had this uh, one since like 2010. Okay. Wow. Made it last for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been upgrading and stuff, but. Oh, okay. uh, and then, and you also have a Nintendo Switch. I have a Nintendo Switch. I forgot about that. Hey, it's okay. I'll keep you honest. Um, yes. Did you ever play handhelds growing up? Yeah, I had. Uh, I thought not too much actually. Um, I, I've, I've had a Nintendo DS and a 3DS, and I had a Game Boy Advance. Nice. Uh, at some point, I was gifted a PSP Vita, but I don't think I ever really played it. Wow. <laughs> And then the switch, and then the switch. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you. That was really fun. Truly, like whether it's someone you know sharing, like going to a deep dive about one game, or telling me like an extravagant history. I love hearing yeah. about uh, history and context. So of course, thank you, Teo. Of um, course, again, Connor, I've played every single video game. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're clear on that, I know I, I've already got an idea of how I'm gonna you know start the show description for yours. <laughs> Hi there, everyone. This is the host of the Call Me By Your Game podcast, Connor McCabe, and I am thrilled to announce that our show is now a part of the brand spanking new video game podcast network, Super NPC Radio. Uh, And we've launched a Patreon in addition to support our shows. All the shows and content from Super NPC Radio are fully independent, and we finally have a way to not only make new video content, but more podcasts as well, bonus shows, and help pay for our expenses in doing so. We can offer several great tiers, and for $5 a month, you'll get access to our brand new weekly show, Super NPCs. At the following $10 tier, you'll get even more bonus content, including a monthly group episode of this show called Call Me By Your Game Co-op, where we discuss iconic games, their respective legacies, and their place in history. If this is interesting to you and you like this show, check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and keep on enjoying those games, why don't you? So... Let's get into some history and context for the game we're talking about right. today. Um, so again, Teo, I'm just going to start sharing two little paragraphs that are basically Wikipedia. Um, so feel free to jump in, especially if you have more you want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the listener out there, if you're not familiar, Return of the Obra Dinn is a first-person perspective puzzle video game published by uh, 3909, uh, which is created by Lucas Pope, following his critically acclaimed title in 2013, Papers, please. Have you played this game? I have played Papers, ah, Please. I'm going to get uh, you someday. <laughs> um, so uh, this game, uh, Return of the Oberdin, was released for Mac OS and Windows in October 2018 and was later ported to Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One in 2019. Um, the graphics use a one-bit monochromatic graphical style inspired by games on early Macintosh computers, which Pope used to play. Um, In the game, the player takes control of an insurance inspector for the East India Company, which was, I looked it up, was actually a real English trading company Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day. Um, The game takes place in 1807, and the Obra a ghost ship missing for five years, has suddenly reappeared with all hands missing or dead. The player is sent aboard the ship 
to perform an appraisal, identify all 60 crew members, and hopefully determining their causes of death uh, and, when possible, naming their killer. This is done, this is possible through the use of Memento Mortem, which is a stopwatch that transports the user to the moment of a corpse's death. Um, anything that you want to get into or share more about history and context? Um, I just want to highlight that you said it was created by Lucas Pope, and it truly was created by just him. And I think yeah. that's, that's and I think that's fully insane. Yeah, uh, there aren't like that many games that are just created by a single person. Yes. Um, it's like this, like Stardew Valley, mm-hmm. especially like, like really game. I played Stardew Valley. Oh. <laughs> I got I got hooked on Stardew Valley. Like oh, cool. I didn't really it didn't really stick with me the first time I played it. But okay. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I mean, that's truly insane that he like truly built the game by himself. It really is. It's so impressive to me because it's someone doing something so impressive on so many levels. Even if this game was like half the game that it was, the fact that he right. could like craft the story, craft all these moments, personality, the gameplay, the art style, and like I have an engine to build yes. the game and it's so amazing. Oh, what um, what really blows my mind is like the music in this game is really, really good, and he made the music, and that's oh yeah, also insane. Is that like you have that you're talented in this many ways that you can make that you know what what is a job for like ten people you can do by yourself? Truly, it's like uh, he's got his he is his own video game studio. Yeah. Like if you could do all these things, you probably would make a video game, especially like during quarantine. Sure. It's like why not? But Pretty amazing. Um, well, let's get into the main podcast discussion, which is you know focusing on uh, what Teo likes about the game and Teo's experience. So, leading off Teo, um, the first question I have is, uh, when and how did you hear about this game, if you remember, and then what system did you play it on? Uh, I think I probably read like read about it on some gaming sites, either probably like reddit that or maybe like polygon or something okay. saw, the, saw the trailer um and definitely you know the moment i see like oh it's made by the guy who made papers please i'm like oh okay i'm definitely interested already yeah i'm starting off interested that's awesome so you had so we already talked about it you played papers please what did you like about that game um for the and in fact, if you even want to describe the game to people. So this, this again ties into the fact that I've played every single video game. Um, <laughs> uh, Papers, Please, you you work as a like border agent um, and you it takes place in a like fictitious, basically Soviet Union um, uh, country. And hmm. the whole game is uh, people come and try to cross the border and they give you their passports. And you have to check their passport and like look at their name and look at their photo and look at their height and like their weight and see if it matches up with the person that's actually right sitting right in front of you. Okay. Uh, and then all you do is go accept or pass. Um, and there's like some story elements. Uh, like, you know, there's like screwed, like messed up things when you like deny people. They're like, please, no, I just want like, I just want like, I want to be safe and stuff. And then you see them get dragged out by a guard and shot. Like that's oh, and, and like, uh, and at the same time, at the end of the day, you like get a certain amount of money for every person that you let in correctly, or in, and then you lose money if you let people in incorrectly. Hmm. Uh, and then 
there's like a little bit of like home life where you're like child needs medicine um so it's like this weird balancing i'm like well i guess it's a game where i'm trying to be correct but if i'm correct then that means i'm like telling leading people to their deaths but i also need to uh like make money for rent and um my like wife's health and stuff um, lots of moral quandaries in that game a lot of moral quandaries <laughs> so the fact that i played every single video game means that like most video games when you play that you play you're like the hero you're a, a samurai you're a soldier you're like the chosen one and any game that's like uh you're <laughs> you're you're you have like some menial job and um it, like it's just living out that life i'm already interested amazing like, any alt like kind of career like uh you you're a lawyer and you have to like uh file paperwork i'm like i'm in i, I don't like someone trying to make it make that make that into a game i'm in Ooh, have you that makes me think have you played any phoenix Wright game i played a couple of the phoenix Wright games i'm gonna get you someday <laughs> you're like on a you can't <laughs> <laughs> Um, and if I haven't played the game, I probably have heard about it, and I again know what the core gameplay loop is. Probably. <laughs> um, okay, so you give us uh, a so pretty good papers, idea. Please. That's papers, please. Yeah. Okay, so so you were already hooked because of not only I mean I'm sure more you hooked on that game because of like maybe the job that you're doing, but you ended up liking it for so many reasons. It sounds like so you were already ready for this game when it came out. Do you remember? when you got it and also i don't know if i heard you but what did you play this on oh i played it on pc uh cool. and i think yeah i probably played it right when it came out wow um just also like you can kind of just tell when a game is like really well thought out mm-hmm. where like everything is part of the experience um yeah like just like the opening like when you start up the game and it's just like have you seen or have you, you haven't played it right I've not played this game. Uh, even like just like watching the trailer, you're like, oh, the vibe is very good. Like it's a yes. very good vibe. The, the vibes are very strong. They are. I mean, for uh, we talked about the graphical style briefly. I sort of mentioned it mm-hmm. for the listener, though. This is a super interesting game, and I think you could just see like you know like a 15 second clip of it and be very interested. Like I said, it's it's monochromatic, meaning the only colors used mm-hmm. are black and white um did they, they sort of use i think they shade it like the shade the the yeah. hue of that color so it's either really um light or really dark but it's the only colors you see however it's still a 3d environment yes. um but it's very very interesting so i would say uh if you've you've probably know what game we're talking about if you've seen it and the um what's weird is it's like clearly it's a very nostalgic game like the Lucas Pope made it because he like really liked these Mac games he played. But like I, I, I think am uh, just young enough compared to him where I don't have any nostalgia. Like I never played games like that. Yes. Um, I never had a computer like that. So I, I this is nostalgia. This is nostalgia for something that I have no connection to. Um, so like visually, I'm like this is okay. I, I didn't like I wasn't like oh this is really like hitting mm-hmm. me. But it still does look really cool in certain places. Um, this is weird to me that like, uh, the visual side is like not something that I really enjoyed so gotcha. much. I like, liked it, but I was like, this isn't like, think this isn't like for me, I guess. Sure. Like for you, it could have been like 
like a 3D game with normal colors and textures, and it would have been this as interesting to you. As interesting to me. Or it could have been like, if it was like Oregon Trail style yeah. graphics, ooh. I'm like, oh, ooh, this is for me. Right? <laughs> That's just, that just hits us in our age range. Um, it's, it's funny. I would, it would, almost would be interesting to me if like it was only that like mono, not to criticize the game I've never played in as the beginning of your sharing your stories with it, but it'd be interesting almost to see if, what if only when you went back in time, stuff was like that monochromatic. Oh, sure, yeah. That might be interesting. That'd be cool. Uh, you hear that, Lucas Pope, uh, who has a successful career. Um, well, so that's really cool. So when you got it, did you immediately start sinking time into it? Oh, yeah. And, and also, were you in New York at the time? I was in New York at the time. And uh, yeah, I sunk in, but it just hooked me in right away. It was like... Uh, and again, it's I played every single game, and <laughs> and like the this when it when it really hit me of like oh this is how the game works I was like oh this is incredibly satisfying, um, and it's like like if you ever play do you have you played like adventure games like puzzly like adventure yes like point and, I've played a few point and click adventures actually recently so mm-hmm. I I this gives me a similar vibe yeah uh, I like felt so different from those types of games like puzzly games um because like so like the way the game works is you have like a ledger you have like a manifest of every single person who's on board Hmm. and then you have this giant sketch of like uh like two like little um drawings of like uh two scenes from the ship and and in the scenes it's like everyone's face so you got you what you want to do yeah all the crew members and so what you want to do is map every face to a name hmm. and then you'll and you'll also see the memories of them dying um so you want to like figure out oh in this memory this person is named this and this is their like rank and title and this is how they died um and i, I think like a lot of puzzle games uh at least a lot of puzzle video games you can't get around like just brute forcing the solution you know yeah. it's like for point and click it's like you just you're kind of like, oh, this is really unsatisfying. I don't really know what the answer is, so I guess I'll just use every single item on this door. Until it works. Until it works, Yeah. right? Um, The way this game worked, like, I think this is, like, the most ingenious solution to that kind of issue of, like, that issue of brute forcing. Um, So for, like, every single person, there's, like, the three things you have to know is, like, their name, how they died, and their, um, who, which, uh, what's, like, which body or which face is there. Gotcha. Um, the way the game checks and tells you if you're incorrect or, or correct is that when you have every three people that you successfully um, fill that out for, the game then says, yes, these three are correct. Okay. So you can't brute force your way because uh, you'll never know if you're in, you're, you'll never know if you're correct unless you get three Oh, interesting. Names correct. Like so you, three people correct. So let's say you did get the first three you filled out correct. After that third one, you could check your ledger and it reflects that, that they're correct. Yeah, like the game pauses and it's like, oh. good job. You got another three correct. And then it like fills, it like uh, solidifies them in like your, in your like, you have also a book that has like all the memories and stuff. Uh, it solidifies and tells you these are correct. You can't change them anymore. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. 
and because also the game, the way the game progresses, you go from memory to memory. You can't fill in all three of those elements at the same time for people. You can only go, okay, I know this person's name, but I don't know how they died yet. Hmm. Um, or I know, or even like you get info that you can't fill out. Like you know, like this person's like the first mate, but you don't yet know like what ha- like what their name is and stuff like that. It's like really, or you know that. Um, uh, oh, this person's Irish, and also the book tells you where they're from. Okay. Uh, so you're like, oh, this person's Irish, but I don't yet know who, which of these three Irish people they are. But I know <laughs> okay. one of them is Irish. I know they're one of them. Interesting. Uh, yeah. That is that is really cool. So um, when you, I, I I guess I just have some questions about the game first. Um, when you are uh, and again, these are things I could probably figure out by just Googling and watching more gameplay yeah. than I've already seen. But let's say, like, when you start the game, Teo, and you get on the ship and you have this information, what's sort of the first thing you're doing or how do you go about starting to put this information together? Uh, so it starts off with you with, um, uh, you get like a, a an old timey, like, I guess it's... It, you know those Revolutionary War like pamphlets, and it's like you, there's like one piece of news on them. Yes, and it's like it's like we've printed out a bunch of pamphlets. All it has is one article on it. And like, <laughs> we're passing it out everywhere. Um, it gives you one of those. It's like an image on the on the screen, um, and it's like the, the Oberdin has returned, and it's like okay. very mysterious. It returned with no crew, and it's like very weird and ominous. Um, and then it cuts to like you arriving on a rowboat. Uh, and you have uh, a letter from someone that tells you like the mission is to like figure out how everyone died. Okay. Uh, and then you just go on the boat. There's like no one on it. Um, you see like a uh, like a set of bones. Oh wow. Uh, and then you go back to the rowboat because the guy who rowed you there is like, I can't carry this giant chest up here. You have to like take this thing out. And then that's where you get like the stopwatch, which activates like the memento morum thing. Yeah. Uh, and so you go back to the dead body to the set of bones, and then you take out it like automatically takes out your stopwatch. You click it, and then. Um, I'll spoil like the very first like death. Yeah, very um, totally which, within limits, please. <laughs> um, so you go to the first death vignette, right? And then um, the the death vignette is like you just hear someone like banging on the door, uh, and it's like someone saying like Captain, Captain, like I forget what like, what it is exactly, but like we have to like you have to like open the door. Uh, and this is all in black. Like you just hear, you just hear it, but you, you oh, see interesting. The captions for it, but it's all in black. And then you hear like a door open and a gunshot, and then you see the vignette from there. Because uh, it's fully, it's like in three D, but it's all still, and you're kind of just like it's all frozen in place, and you're kind of walking around it and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and so like you time see time stoppers. Like time, like the movie Time Stopper. <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah. thought I'd be referencing that today, even though I probably could have figured that out based I, on the game. Yes. Uh, um, and uh, so, oh, so you see a man with a gun shooting someone, and you see the person being shot, and there's a person behind him. And so from there, like, that's all the game gives you. Yes. But then your brain starts working, and you're like, Okay, from context clues, I know this man who's doing the shooting is the captain, 
and you go into the ledger book and you see, um, oh, and so when you see a person in like the memories, you can yeah. like uh, zoom in on them a little bit and then it'll jump to their uh, face in the sketch. Oh, interesting. Um, and then you can fill out and then it'll, and then you can go, oh, okay, well, this person in the sketch right here is the captain. Yes. And then the captain's name is whatever. And, and so you know who this person is. And now you also know that uh, this person was shot by the captain. This okay. other person was shot by the captain. And that's like the first memory. And that's like what you have to go off of. Amazing. So then you're just like, all right, figure out who this person is so I can fill out their little ledger piece. Essentially, that's what you're doing after that. That's what you're doing, yeah. Okay. And that then you is keep so, going. That's so fun and cool. Are you just like walking around the ships finding piles of bones? How do you know when it's time to like use your stopwatch? Uh, you, co- you just go from like bone to bones to bones. You go and there's a, like, like 60 bones on the, on the ship. Bo- there's just tons <laughs> of bones everywhere. It's just full of bones. Truly, um, <laughs> it is just like full of bones everywhere. Um, you, you, um, after a while, like the vignette stops, um, and then you're back on like the normal world of the ship, but then, then it leads you to another set of bones. Um, and so you just go through all of them. And like, so like you can kind of just go through all of the memories if you want to without unlocking or, or revealing any information. So then mm. once you go through them all, then you can revisit each and every single memory again um, uh, until you figure everything out. Wow. Um, so when you're doing this sort of, sort of thing and playing this game, what are the moments or like the sort of activities or like the, what's the like, lo- is there like a loop that you liked about it? It's just that loop where you're like kind of bashing your head against it and being like, what, how, I, there's like a clue missing here. And yeah. like, I know um, there's a hint, there's a, there's a hint system where uh, they blur people's faces. If mm-hmm. the game um, has determined, like you don't yet have enough information to figure out who this person is. So you're not just like blindly trying to figure yes. out some, what, so, who someone is. Um, but when they're unblurred, you're like, okay, I have enough information. And it's just like, figuring stuff out like at a certain point um i guess this is a slight spoiler ish for the game um you realize that like uh the the different ranks of crew on the game um in on the ship like like people hang out with each other who are like of the same rank so like all the first mates hang out together all like uh, the like lower level crew, they hang out together. So like you kind of start separating and you kind of learn about like the life on the ship a little bit. Um, there are people from Taiwan on the ship. So you're like, okay, well I know I can like literally like differentiate myself, differentiate these people separate from like the oh, all gotcha. white crew. Uh, you can you start looking at like people's like tattoos and stuff. So you just like start taking notes also like on your own. Um, oh. just to start figuring all this stuff out. Were, did you have like a notebook that you were filling out? Did you type a Google Doc? Was uh, it yeah. in the game? It wasn't in the game. I okay. like, started writing stuff down and being like, okay, this, I, 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 this guy has a, like, this guy has a certain type of hat and like, does the hats mean anything? And then it's like, oh, the hats do mean something. Like the first mates wear different hats. 
Um, it's just all like these like little things and like the accent thing, like some people have accents and you can kind of use that to determine like who they are and stuff like that. So it's just like everything is in play. Like I'm uh, imagining you in New York, like with like a neo, like a film noir opening. That's like trying to solve a mystery in this game, but it's you in your apartment writing notes. Me in my this. apartment. I would play this game. I would, I would play this game at work because, um, <laughs> Steam has a thing where you know it has uh, cloud save, so you can like uh, play the same save on any computer. Yes, as long as you have the same account. And I would play it at work. I would just like sit on a couch that was like kind of hidden away from everyone, and I would just pretend I was working. And then I would just be on playing, like trying to figure out more. Like uh, that's <laughs> that's amazing. So that's I was I've been wondering this whole time more about like the context of when you played and like also kind of like what was going on in your life. So we've already said you were in New York. Uh, you moved to LA like how long ago? Was it only like a year ago or before that? Uh, I, it's been like a year and four months. I moved year in like, four March months? 2019. This this is probably like yeah 2018. Probably like a year before I moved. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was just like. It's also it's not a very long game. It's like I played it for maybe like a week. Okay. A week, excuse me, like a week and a half. Mm. Um, because it's not so long, and that's also why I liked it too. Was like it was just long. Like leave them wanting more. Yeah. It wasn't like a thirty-hour slog. It was like <laughs> just long enough to be so good and, and memorable. This seems like one of those experiences that is 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 just the right amount of size to play and enjoy so you can move on with your life almost. Yes, and I fully have because I tried to – I downloaded it last night, and I was like, maybe I'll play through a little bit of it. And then I played like through the first memory, and I was like, I don't need to play this game again. <laughs> so I can fully walk away from it. But it did make me go like, oh, I have to be like uh, evangelical about this game. Like I have to tell sure. – everyone about it because i think it'll hit some people really well yes yeah that's really cool um when you when so when you were first playing this game you said you went to work what were you doing what did were you sketch writing were you working a real person's job like i was was working a real person's job i worked at backstage the casting website okay i uh i was like (laughs) there so i was like doing supposed to be doing like real work (laughs) but but hey, that's like, uh, I've never, I feel like I haven't worked at a job long enough that's been like, like that where you could be on the computer the whole time to like, just really enjoy yourself at sometimes. Oh, yeah. um, but that sounds incredible. Um, so you were, was there anything interesting about like the time of when you played this? Did you play this game mostly in your apartment? Was it actually, you know, at work? Was there anything that you remember happening that you feel like sharing? Uh, I mean, it definitely took over my life for a little bit where I was like constantly thinking about it and definitely it was, uh, I definitely pushed off responsibility. Like I was definitely on mod night at the time and I was supposed to be writing sketches, but instead of writing sketches, I would be, uh, trying to figure out how the first mate died. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. How long, how long were you on mod in New York? Uh, I was on mod for a f- like a full season, basically. It's so like a full year, and then I was on for a second year, but only for like uh, basically a month because I like took a month off, did one month, and then I moved to LA. Dang, it happens fast. Well, that's, that's really fast. cool. Um, so I've gotten to hear a lot of really great things from you. Is there anything else that like 
so now that you've played this game that you're looking back on it, was it like super satisfying to finish? Was it one of the games like we were talking about um, Fahrenheit earlier and how it like held up two thirds of the way through and then petered off? How did this game finish and, and did you enjoy it? The game finishes really well. I think it's it's like all very satisfying. Um, I I mean I had a I had a good ass time playing it. I just, <laughs> again, like I and like the reason I've like played every single video game, and then I played this game, and I was like, I haven't played anything really remotely close to it. Yeah, I really haven't played a single game that I could even say is like in the same. Like definitely there are like. Puzzle games like this, but nothing with the, the remotely close same set of mechanics. Interesting. Um, that is so cool, and that is like an easy way to make like a game stand out. Um, yeah. We play this uh, on on my friend Jeremy's show, Video Games, a comedy show. We do this every so often, maybe four times a year. This sort of like fantasy draft, and but we'll do it for like one system. And we put some like fake scenario around it. Like we're all in space and we have all the, like we just did the Game Boy. So we have every Game Boy game ever. We get hit by an asteroid and have to leave on our own escape pods. So then we like do this fantasy draft to see what five games are you going to take away uh, to be alone forever on like a remote planet. Um, What ends up happening on a lot of these is that like the games that are very unique experiences or the experiences that like are very rare on a system like let's say um like the n64 has like really one good rpg and that's paper mario (laughs) paper mario is one of the first games taken and then this seems like that sort of experience that like there's not a lot like it and like it's uh really special it is really special i don't know if i would take it with me on a desert island it's like <laughs> it truly it's like uh it's like a like a summer romance where you're like that was great and then i never <laughs> that's amazing and hey that's like okay that games can be like that for some people i mean you were saying earlier that you tried to play it last night and you're like i don't really need to yeah um you know sometimes i'll have people come on the show and they're like yes i play this game every year or i revisit it every so often but you know, sometimes tail. I guess it's just it was yeah. at that moment. I think it's because it's like it's not a it's not a very re- replayable game. Uh, I guess like because it's like you, once you know or kind of remember how everyone dies, it's like it's like playing the same exact same game of like Clue again over and over again. Yes, you know, like there's no it, it's not it, you really can't play it twice. Um, I guess some people can. I I personally don't think I could. This is a not the correct comparison, but it's almost like uh, seeing The Sixth Sense. You can only really see that movie the first time, and it have the same effect. Not that this is that, but I understand that when, like, with an adventure game, it's like very specific puzzles like this. Yeah. Then you'll just know how to finish it. Which I guess, right. if you do want to ever replay it, you can get through it really quick. Right. I don't think you could play it. Like, I personally could never play a point-and-click adventure game because it's, like, so linear where you're just doing the exact same thing over yes. and over again. But so, like, yeah, any kind of desert island game needs to have some level of, like, customization and, yeah. like, choices to be made. Replayability. Replayability. Different styles of playing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, um, I do have a couple fun segments to do for us when we are just before we're ready to wrap up the show. Teo, was there anything else about this game 
about the secret of Obra Dinn that you didn't get to share? Anything you wanted to say before we move on? Um, I, I, I think I will again say the music like slaps, like truly yeah. try to listen to the soundtrack and maybe even just, it's like, it's got this like broke, like that organ kind of piano playing and it's really heavy and it's like, it's like really uh, epic sounding. That's um, cool. Is it like a track, like when you're, is it the same track over and over? Does it change the farther you get into the game? Uh, there are different, there's like probably like 10 total tracks that they kind of, okay. the, kind of cycle through but and they're like distinct to the memories um oh interesting yeah that's really uh, cool does do they like sometimes set a mood for a memory oh absolutely because oh. I, at the end of the day and i won't get too much into internal spoilers but you know the the ship did return back to sea with no one on it so definitely something like wacko has happened yes um, um I want to ask you a question about the game. I'm worried about spoiling it too much, so feel free to answer. Okay. You know, I've like just asking you another question, but was there any death or memory that you visited that you was either either like blew you away or was particularly cool or stood out to you? Oh man, uh, um, like the fourth one. Oh, it's like where the game's like, oh, you thought it was like just like kind of the so like. I'll spoil this part because it's like, sure. it's like very short, quickly into the game. Um, the first like three memories are all like very small and contained. It's like, you know, uh, like the captain shooting two people and then like uh, more like just like kind of small deaths one at a time in like the captain's quarters and stuff like that. And then like the fourth memory, because <laughs> um, also the game, all the memories are like all over the place in terms of like timeline. Um, it's like this epic, you're like, it's an epic storm and there's like a kraken creature that's like ripping like the mast in half and has fully like uh tore a man apart holding him by the legs and, like all of this is oh happening at once and so you go from like okay all right, this is manageable every death has like one to two people in it like i can this is all very small scale and then it's like oh no 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 you that's not what this game is at all and then it's just like eight people all dying at once like in, a, in this giant struggle um and then you're oh, like wow. oh this is insane oh my gosh that's incredible that's also i never even would have considered that you'd have multiple deaths be from the same cause uh exactly. that is very cool yeah so well, that's like, awesome. Well, hey, if, if you're okay and you didn't have anything else you want to share besides that, um, we can move on to some fun segments. Yeah, let's move on. Okay, cool. So we're going to go ahead and do our uh, two patented, well, not really, segments to finish out the show. Um, the first is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. Now, this is just the part of the show tale where I just tell you facts about the game. It could be secrets, Easter eggs, development history, and uh, you might even even know a few of these. Um, so the first one is that um, just this is kind of like an interesting. This is more of a tidbit than anything. Is that is talking about like the feature featureless protagonist. So um, the protagonist, which the player controls in the game, is almost featureless, with the exception you can see their gloved hands and coat sleeves. Because again, you're in first person perspective, um, and. A fun tidbit is at the start of the game, their voice is chosen randomly to be of a man or a woman. Um, 
did you, which did you have? Were you a man or a woman detective? Uh, I was a man when I first played it. And then when I just said I played it again the other day, uh, it was a woman's voice. Interesting. Um, So it's definitely one of those games where it's like, hey, this is you solving the mystery. You're not some specific character. Right. Um, You're just, yeah, it's just you. And that's like the only voice. I think that, and that's really cool to be like, there's only one line. Might as well just have two and it randomly chooses you. Yeah, right. That's a very easy choice to make. Um, The second fact that I have for you um, was that this, the development of this game is actually really interesting. Uh, Lucas Pope developed the graphic style first and then worked backward to develop the game. Did you know this, Teo? I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Hey, there we go. So this is this fact comes up to us from Eurogamer. Um, so this is once Pope actually had chosen this one bit style, like you said, hearkening back to his uh, like Macintosh computer mm-hmm. game days. Um, he then uh, and once he was able to you know render them in a three D space, he then worked backwards to discover the story and gameplay, um, and it, to be you know like the mystery style story we know today. Um, and the last fact I have for you is from the YouTube channel. The name is Mike, Michael Wolchisek, something like that. Um, you can actually finish this game without identifying anyone, and there's like a secret ending. Did you know about this? Uh, I did not know that. I didn't know there was a secret ending. It's, it's, it's like, a, like a secret positive. Like it's, you, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. basically, um, if you fail to identify any mem- murders, you can still end the game and return on that little rowboat. So um, after you board the rowboat to leave the Oberdin, you're transported to shore. And then it, there's like this one year later uh, slug that goes up. You find yourself in like a nice residence. You're like having a cup of tea in what appears to be some sort of office. And then you hear someone talking. They bring you a piece of mail and it's a letter for you um and it basically tells you that dr evans the person who like i th- it, it, they're the person who like yes. who get you to do this job yes so dr evans has passed away and the letter insinuates that it was due to him finding the book with zero murder solved and the letter also says that he used his final moments to express his regret for putting you on the case uh <laughs> yes um so, i think i think it's possible that it's not, it's um not all of them if you if you uh don't fully fill out the books or fill out the books with oh. enough of them because I, I recommend this to a friend this game to a friend and they're <laughs> like this ending sucked <laughs> that's amazing oh that's so funny so okay so thank you actually for clarifying that that this can happen probably with like a lower number yeah. of murder solved um that brings us to the end of the fact me by your game segment now Teo, we're going to get to the game recommendation segment and this is the part of the show where I um, force the connection between the title of our show and the movie itself, Call Me By Your Name. Um, Because I have always wondered, like, at the end of that movie, um, who does Elio date next after Army Hammer's character? Is is it someone who's exactly like Army Hammer? Is it someone wildly different? Is it out of left field? So that's sort of how I'm looking at this, is, like, if you love this game – trying to give you some recommendations and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is going to be a, actually probably a quick uh, set of have you played this game, Teo? The first game is if you want another slow, and I mean slow, uh, mystery-filled uh, adventure game, I'll recommend to you the classic Mist. Have you played this game? Here we go. I haven't played Mist. Ooh. I haven't gotcha. played Mist. <laughs> um, 
I haven't played that, but again, I think I know how it plays. <laughs> yes. Um, it's available on Steam. I actually at a thrift store found like a guide for it for two bucks, and I've never played the game, but I bought it because it was in pretty good condition. Um, if- oh man, I miss that. Did, wait, are you like? Did you ever go to like Best Buy or wherever, and like they had, they would always have a section that was like five, like five dollar PC games or something, and it, oh, you would yeah. only buy just like the jewel case, no yes. box or anything. Um, and I'd be like, yeah, I'll buy this game for five bucks, and sometimes it'd be really, really good. Totally. You never like that was uh, a very good gamble to take. Um, at the very least, you spent five bucks and like tried a game out. So, yeah. um. It would, I'm sure Mist was one that you probably could find in those bins. Uh, if, Teo, you want another adventure game with the same sort of like suspense and drama, but this time happening in real time instead of just in the past, uh, I would recommend to you The Last Express, which, have you heard of, do you know this game at all? Um, I had never heard of it before this. Is this, this is like a point and click adventure kind of game or? It's not a point and click. It is like a, a 3D game where you are like solving a mystery, like a mystery and you're on this adventure on the, like a train. Um, those are the similarities, but it's not like. Uh, oh, I see, 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 see. You yes, see this I, haven't, I haven't played this game. So it's like, it's you know, I think, you know, it's another sort of like isolated mm-hmm. game. Like you're on the train, like you're on the boat. So it could be interesting. Um, and the last recommendation for you, Teo, is very simple. And if you like boats, I'm going to recommend Ship Simulator 2006, which Ooh. is which is in a series of the Ship Simulator franchise. So, you know, Teo, if the thing you took away from this game is you like being on a boat, my friend, yes. here's the game for you. Yes, I was like, I really love the crow's nest, good crow's nest in this game. <laughs> uh, incredible. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of the Call Me By, or the game recommendation segment and the end of our show. So, Teo, um, I want to thank you again so much for taking the time this afternoon to do it. Thanks for hanging out. It's a bummer that, you know, we're not getting to do a bunch of make up comedies with each other anymore. Um, but I appreciate your time. So thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, again, uh, I've played every single game. So <laughs> let me know of a game that I haven't played. I love it. So yeah, hit hit, hit Teo up, uh, fans of the show, and just, just ask him. So Teo, before you go, is there anywhere you want us to find you? Anything you feel like promoting today? Uh, yeah, you just find me on Twitter at uh, tyang209. Have I asked you where the 209 comes from? I don't, I don't know if you have it. It, it uh, was part of my phone number when I was like oh. 11 years old, and it's been my like internet name forever. Amazing. Uh, and I, and, I, and I, the last thing I was going to say was that um, 209 was part of my phone number. It's actually my area code from Modesto. Oh no way! Yeah, so strange, strange. That is very strange. It, it, I bet it yours was, was in the middle of your number. Yeah, it must be. It'd be impossible yeah. unless I lived in Modesto and I didn't know about it. <laughs> Wait, we're just figuring this out. You're from Maryland, <laughs> so. Um, well, hey, thanks again, Teo. Thanks for um, plugging that. I'll do a few plugs to close this out. This show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You can find him on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime on Instagram. That's Jeremy Schmidt. And you can listen to his show, Video Games a Comedy Show, which is all a part of our Patreon at Super NPC Radio. Like I said at the top of the show, um, it's the, it's my show, Call Me By Your Game, Video Games a Comedy Show, and then Inside Video Games and Gaming with July Diaz. We have a ton of bonus content, including a group episode of Call Me By Your Game 
that uh, talking all about Breath of the Wild and a new show called Super NPCs, which is a Patreon exclusive and much, much more. So check us out at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe and follow me on Twitch at cons is cool 69. Thanks again, Teo, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.